Late one August night in 1945, U.S. Navy Captain Grace Hopper and her co-workers were hard at work at their computer lab in Harvard University. They were frustrated. Their project, a pioneering computer called the Mark I, wasn't working. And after trying everything they could think of, they still couldn't figure out why. Finally, someone located the trouble spot. Using ordinary tweezers, they extracted a two-inch moth from the computer's insides, a moth that was causing the computer to short-circuit. And so was born the world's first computer bug. In another in the series Consumed by Technology, Peter Rukavina joins me now to talk about bugs, glitches, and why you don't always get what you pay for when you buy computer software. Hi, Peter. Good morning. That first computer bug wasn't the last one, was it? Well, no, not at all. Computer bugs or glitches or foul-ups or whatever you want to call them. Microsoft actually calls them known issues. <laughs> They've been around uh, with us since we started using computers, and, and I think they'll probably be with us for as long as we continue to use them. Now, they're not all the two-inch moth variety either. Well, you'd be surprised at what happens. There are probably still some moths causing havoc out there somewhere, but bug has become a general term used to refer to anything that causes a computer program to break down and, and not do what it's supposed to do. On Sunday night, for example, I got a frantic call from my brother in Toronto. He had turned on his computer to look up a name in his electronic address book, only to find that all but the first four entries in it had somehow disappeared. Uh, he had no idea how this had happened, no idea how to get them back, and he was afraid he might never be able to track down all those hundred or so people uh, he'd had on file. It was nothing he'd done to cause this problem. Mm -hmm. They'd just gone away. He was but the most recent victim of the same thing that happened to Grace Hopper in 1945. A bug, in this case probably an error in the computer programming itself, not a moth or any other insect, had caused 96 of his addresses to, to just be deleted, to vanish into thin air. Now this kind of thing probably sounds very familiar to a lot of people listening. It's very rare that people who use computers at home or in their offices haven't had a, an essay disappear at the last minute or their database get garbled beyond recognition or had a strange message pop up while they're working, something like a general protection fault or seek error writing to drive C. Uh, we almost take it for granted that at some point our computer is going to screw up and something uh, is going to get lost and we're going to suffer for it. And, and we're probably, unfortunately, very right. So why do these bugs exist at all? I mean, isn't it possible for software companies to just stamp them out and get rid of them? Well, unfortunately, it's very difficult for that to happen. Think of something simple, for example, a, a shovel. Uh, if you run a, a shovel-making plant, you can make shovels and send them out to stores with a, a relatively high degree of certainty that you've produced a high-quality product that's going to dig dirt well for many years to come. The quality control checklist for shovels is, is probably pretty short. Uh, steel tempered correctly, handle on right, wood sanded well. Shovels are a pretty simple product to get right. Software, on the other hand, is, is some of the most complex stuff around. Uh, at its most basic, software is a long, long list of very, very simple instructions to a computer. Uh, draw a line on the screen from here to there. Or put a letter A on top of the red box. If the user presses the space bar, print a space on the screen. Absolutely everything that a computer program does has to be spelled out in very intimate detail. And everything that we users could possibly do when using the program has to be taken into account. Every key we could possibly press has to be recognized and acted on. Things like saving files and erasing files and creating new files and changing old files. It all has to be spelled out simple instruction by simple instruction. To have computer programs which do anything but the most simple of tasks requires literally thousands and sometimes millions of lines of computer programming. And it's 
very easy for a programmer to make a mistake in one of those lines, to put a comma where a period was supposed to go, uh, to, go to misspell go to as grow to. It's also very difficult for a programmer to imagine every possibility that might crop up out there in the real world when people are using the program to do real things. It's one thing to have a, a program work fine in the lab for computer programmers. It's another thing uh, altogether for the program to work outside the lab with real everyday people doing real everyday things. Sounds as though you're speaking from experience. Well, you're right. I've written a lot of computer programs, and I've certainly been responsible for my own share of bugs. I, it's been my fault that books have been shipped to Timbuktu rather than Toronto, and that 20 kids showed up for canoe lessons when they were supposed to be taking macrame. It's not nuclear meltdown stuff, but uh, I've had my share of bugs nonetheless. Uh, now, I don't want to make it sound as though having computer programs which break down is, is an inevitable fact of life and that there's nothing that can be done to make the situation better. Uh, imagine if you bought a new car and you were driving along the highway and, and suddenly the engine fell out. Uh, you phone the dealer and they say very off the cuff, oh, that's a known issue in the 96 models. If you return <laughs> your car to the factory, we'll install an upgrade for only $2,000. Most people I know wouldn't stand for this sort of thing, and, and the car maker in question probably wouldn't be around for a very long time. But this is the kind of thing that happens every day in the computer software industry. And anybody who's ever tried to get their computer problem solved knows this very, very well. Short of phoning me, which didn't really end up helping anyway, uh, my brother's only recourse in trying to figure out where all his addresses went would be to phone the place where he bought his computer, and they would probably tell him to phone the software company. And if, if he could find the software company, he'd probably end up waiting on hold for half an hour before talking to someone who wouldn't have the answer to his problem anyway. Uh, and so in the end, he'd be out half a day's work and 96 addresses. So do you have any advice for people who fall, fall victim to these computer bugs? Well, I guess my best answer to that question is don't use computers. <laughs> and I guess I'm only half yeah, joking right. there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I guess my first suggestion is not to blame yourself. It's surprising how many people, when something goes wrong with their computer, thinks that it's they who've done something wrong. Uh, they've pressed the wrong key or typed the wrong command or just did something uh, wrong that caused the, the problems they're having. Nine times out of ten, that just isn't true. Uh, quality control in the software industry is generally just horrible. Uh, in many cases, the prevailing wisdom seems to be that consumers are the quality control people. Uh, version 1.0 of a product gets released, the bug reports roll in. Version 2.0 of the program gets released, those bugs uh, get fixed, but more bug reports roll in, and version 3.0 gets released, and, and so on and so on. It's no coincidence that Microsoft Windows didn't become widely used until version 3.1. Uh, versions 1 through 3 were simply quite unusable. Uh, in fact, part of Microsoft's rationale for changing the name of Windows 4.0 to Windows 95 was to avoid creating a, a situation where people would hold off buying uh, till Windows 4.1 until they would get a reliable product. Hmm. Now, the same way that we don't stand for cars with engines that fall out or lawnmowers with blades that go flinging off, we're going to have to, as consumers, start demanding that quality control in the software industry simply gets better. Now, unfortunately, this may be impossible. Uh, software is, is getting so complex that adequate quality control, stamping out all those bugs before the packages hit the shelves, is such a huge task, a task that would cost so much and take so long that it just wouldn't be feasible. Any company that, that tried to do it would just fall behind in the marketplace. Part of, the, uh, part of the solution to this problem is for consumers to demand simpler software. Look at a, a program like WordPerfect, for example. It's a, a commonly used word processor. You can use WordPerfect to, to type essays and letters and reports. You can save them on disk and print them out, make some changes, and, and, and so on and so forth. When you're doing this, 
you're using actually a very small proportion of WordPerfect's capabilities. It, it can also create an automatic table of contents and an automatic index. It will check your spelling and your grammar and let you merge addresses and form letters together. And you can use it to mix pictures and graphics and, and tables and charts. The problem is that all these extras require thousands of extra lines of computer programming, which increase the possibility that something is going to go wrong. Now, this isn't something unique to WordPerfect. It's a problem that afflicts most computer software in the market today. The fact of the matter is, the more complex the software is, the more it's going to break down. If, if all you need is really just a simple computer program to type simple letters, then that's all you need. Uh, and that's all you should need to go out and buy and use. It might not work perfectly, but the closer your program is to being a, a shovel of a computer program, and the further it is from being, say, a nuclear reactor of a computer program, the better off you're, you're probably going to be in the end. So we need to keep it simpler, demand that it be simpler software as well as more bug-free. Exactly. Now, all that said, I guess the, the other thing you can do is to come to terms with the fact that things are probably never going to get any better. Uh, you will always lose important information to bugs. Your computer will always crash eventually. You will always be frustrated by computer programs that don't do what they're supposed to do. Uh, computer people will never learn to speak without all the techno babble. You can do things to lessen the damage. You can save your work every five minutes. You can religiously make backups of your disks every night and again every week. You can even hire someone to translate what the computer people are all saying to you. But that's only really making a, a bad situation slightly better. You'll still be frustrated, and bad things will still happen to you. And now, once you've admitted this, though, you can look at the real costs of using computers to solve information problems. And you can simply figure out whether it's worth it to you or not. There are a lot of everyday information tasks that have been technologized that worked quite well, much better perhaps, in their pre-technologized state. In a mad rush to stay modern and keep up with, uh, with what's hip and, and cool, a lot of us have forgotten what a simple HB pencil on a stack of index cards for, could do for an information problem. Index cards and other low-tech solutions, they're not sexy and they're not wired, but they're often the cheapest, most effective, and most elegant solutions to, to many information problems. Uh, it's very rare that addresses simply uh, disappear off the pages of, of an old printed address book. Now, I'm not suggesting that computers don't have their place, that uh, we should just throw them all out the window no matter how much we might want to. But uh, even with all their foibles, uh, computers actually do make a lot of tasks a lot easier. And in fact, they make a lot of tasks just possible for the first time. But bugs and glitches and known issues, they're always going to be with us, unfortunately. Uh, perhaps the best we can do is to steadily press software companies for programs with fewer bugs and at least a friendlier voice at the end of the phone to explain them to us. We can stop blaming ourselves for problems we didn't cause. We can try to make computer people speak our language. And I guess in the end, we can at least take steps to, uh, to rescue ourselves when disaster does strike. And watch out for any moths. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Peter.